Pill Dr. Hairdall from Punch's Pocket Ibsen by F. Anstey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pill Dr. Hairdall. Dr. Haustus Hairdall, read by James Callahan. Missena Blackdraff, read by Abai. Hilda, read by Elizabeth Clatt. Mrs. Herdall, read by Bev Stevens. The New Bookkeeper, read by Arnaldo Machado. Rubbub, read by Christine G. Narrator, read by Tricia G. Act First An elegantly furnished drawing room at Dr. Herdall's. In front, on the left, a console table, on which is a large, round bottle full of colored water on the right a stove with a banner screen made out of a richly embroidered chest protector on the stove a stethoscope and a small galvanic battery in one corner a hat and umbrella stand in another a desk at which sits senna black draught making out the quarterly accounts through a glass door at the back is seen the dispensary where rhubub calomel is seated occupied in rolling a pill both go on working in perfect silence for four minutes and a half. Dr. Haustus Herdahl enters through hall door. He is elderly, with a plain sensible countenance, but slightly weak hair and expression. Come here, Miss Blackdreff. Hangs up hat and throws his Macintosh on a divan. Have you made out all those bills yet? Looks sternly at her. Almost. I have charged each patient with three attendances daily, even when you only dropped in for a cup of tea and a chat. I felt I must, I must. Alters his tone, claps her head in his hands and whispers, I wish you could make out the bills for me, always. How lovely that would be. Oh, you are so unspeakably good to me. It is too enthralling to be here. Sinks down and embraces his knees so i've understood with suppressed irritation for goodness sake let go my legs i do wish you wouldn't be so confoundedly neurotic rhubub has risen and comes in through glass door breathing with difficulty he is a prematurely bald young man of fifty-five with a hair lip and squints slightly i beg pardon dr hardall i see i interrupt you as senna rises i have just completed this pill have you looked at it he offers it for inspection, diffidently. It appears to be a pill of the usual dimensions. Cast down. All these years you have never given me one encouraging word. Can't you praise my pill? Struggles with himself. I, I cannot. You should not attempt to compound pills on your own account. Breathing laboriously. And yet there was a time when you, too. Yes, it was certainly a pill that came as a lucky stepping stone but not a pill like that. Listen! Is that your last word? Is my aged mother to pass out of this world without ever knowing whether I am competent to construct an effective pill or not? As if in desperation. You had better try it upon your mother. It will enable her to form an opinion. Only mind, I will not be responsible for the results. I understand. Exactly as you tried your pill all those years ago upon Dr. Rival. He bows and goes out. He said that so strangely, Senna. But tell me now, 
When are you going to marry him? Starts, half glancing up at him. I... I don't know. This year, next year, now, never. I cannot marry him. I cannot, I cannot. It is so utterly impossible to leave you. Yes, I can understand that. But, my poor Senna, hadn't you better take a little walk? Clasps her hands gratefully. <sighs> How sweet and thoughtful you are to me. I will take a walk. With a suppressed smile. Do. And, hmm, you didn't trouble to come back. I have advertised for a male bookkeeper. They are less emotional. Good night, my little Senna. Good night, Dr. Herdal. Staggers out of hall door, blowing kisses. Mrs. Herdal enters through the window, plaintively. Quite an acquisition for you, Haustus, this Miss Blackdraft. She's, hmm, extremely civil and obliging. But I am parting with her, Aline, mainly on your account. Was it on my account indeed, Haustus? You have parted with so many young persons on my account. So you tell me. Oh, but this is hopeless. When I have tried so hard to bring a ray of sunlight into your desolate life, I must give Rubab Kalomal notice too. His pill is really too preposterous. Feels gropingly for a chair and sits down on the floor. Him too. Ah, Hostess, you will never make my home a real home for me. My poor first husband, Halvard Solness, tried, and he couldn't. When one has had such misfortunes as I have, all the family portraits burnt, and the silk dresses too, and a pair of twins, and nine lovely dolls, chokes with tears, as if to lead her away from the subject. Yes, 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 that must have been a heavy blow for you, my poor Aline. I can understand that your spirits can never be really high again. And then for poor Master Builder Solness to be so taken up with that Miss Fengel as he was. That, too, was wretched for you. To see him topple off the tower as he did that day ten years ago. Yes, that too, Haustus. But I did not mind it so much. It all seemed so perfectly natural in both of them. Natural? For a girl of twenty-three to taunt a middle-aged architect, whom she knew to be constitutionally liable to giddiness, never to let him have any peace till he had climbed a spire as dizzy as himself, and all for the fun of seeing him fall off. How in the world? Laying the table for supper with dried fish and punch. The younger generation have a keener sense of humour than we elder ones, Haustus, and perhaps after all. She was only a perplexing sort of allegory. Yes, that would explain her to some extent, no doubt. But how could he be such an old fool? That Miss Von Gell was a strangely fascinating type of girl. Why, even I myself... Sits down and takes some fish. Fascinating? Well, goodness knows I couldn't see that at all. Has it never struck you, Aline? that elderly Norwegians are so deucedly impressionable, mere bundles of overstrained nerves, hypersensitive ganglia, except, of course, the medical profession. Yes, of course. Those in that profession are not so inclined to gangle, and when one has succeeded by such a stroke of luck as you have, drinks a glass of punch. 
you are right enough, sir. If I had not been called in to prescribe for Dr. Rival, who used to have the leading practice here, I should never have stepped so wonderfully into his shoes as I did. Let me tell you a funny story, Aline. It sounds a ludicrous thing, but all my good fortune here was based upon a simple little pill. For if Dr. Rival had never taken it... Then you do think it was the pill that caused him to... On the contrary, I am perfectly sure the pill had nothing whatever to do with it. The inquest made it quite clear that it was freely the liniment. But don't you see, Aline, what tortures me night and day is the thought that it might unconsciously have been the pill fitch. Never to be free from that, to have such a thought gnawing and burning always, always like a moral mustard poultice. He takes more punch. Yes. I suppose there is a poultice of that sort burning on every breast, and we must never take it off either. It is our simple duty to keep it on. I too, Haustus, am haunted by a fancy that if this Miss Von Gell were to ring at our bell now, after she has been lost sight of for ten years, she is safe enough in some sanatorium, depend upon it. And what if she did come? Do you think, my dear good woman, that I, a sensible, clear-headed general practitioner, who have found out all I know for myself, would let her play the deuce with me as she did with poor Halvard? No, general practitioners don't do such things, even in Norway. Don't they indeed, Haustus? The surgery bell rings loudly. Did you hear that? There she is. I will go and put on my best cap. It is my duty to show her that small attention. Why, what on earth? It's the night bell. It's most probably the new bookkeeper. Mrs. Haredale goes out. Dr. Haredale rises with difficulty and opens the door. Goodness gracious, it is that girl, after all. Hilda Vongel enters through the dispensary door. She wears a divided skirt, thick boots, and a tam with an eagle's wing in it. Somewhat freckled carries a green tin cylinder slung round her and a rug in a strap goes straight up to herdal her eyes sparkling with happiness how are you i've run down you see the ten years are up isn't it scrumptiously thrilling to see me like this politely retreating it is very much so but i still don't in the least understand measures him with a glance oh you will i have come to be of use to you I've no luggage and no money, not that that makes any difference. I never have. And I've been allured and attracted here. You surely know how these things come about. Throws her arms round him. What's it, Jus? Miss Wengel, you mustn't. I'm a married man. Sarah is my wife. Mrs. Herdal enters. As if that mattered. It's only dear, sweet Mrs. Solness. She doesn't mind. Do you, dear Mrs. Solness? It does not seem to be of much use minding, Miss Vongel. I presume you have come to stay? Why, of course. What else should I come for? I always come to stay until... Hmm... Nods slowly and sits down at table. She's drinking my punch. If she thinks I'm going to stand this sort of thing, she's mistaken. I'll soon show her a pill-doctor is a very different kind of person from a mere master-builder. Hilda finishes the punch with an indefinable expression in her eyes, 
and Dr. Herdal looks on gloomily as the curtain falls. Act Second. Dr. Herdal's drawing-room and dispensary, as before. It is early in the day. Dr. Herdal sits by the little table, taking his own temperature with a clinical thermometer. By the door stands the new bookkeeper. He wears blue spectacles and a discolored white tie, and seems slightly nervous. Well, now you understand what is necessary. My late bookkeeper, Miss Blackdraff, used to keep my accounts very cleverly. She charged every visit twice over. I am familiar with bookkeeping by double entry. I was once employed at a bank. I am discharging my assistant, too. He was always trying to push me out with his pills. Perhaps you will be able to dispense. With an additional salary, I should be able to do that, too. Capital. You shall dispense with an additional salary. Go into the dispensary and see what you can make of it. You may mistake a few drugs at first, but everything must have a beginning. As the new bookkeeper retires, Mrs. Herdal enters in a hat and cloak with a watering pot, noiselessly. Miss Von Gill got up early before breakfast and went for a walk. She is so wonderfully vivacious. So I should say. But tell me, Aline, is she really going to stay with us here? Looks at him. So she tells me. And, as she has brought nothing with her except a toothbrush and a powder-puff, I am going into the town to get her a few articles. We must make her feel at home. Breaking out. I will make her not only feel, but be at home, wherever that is, this very day. I will not have a perambulating allegory without a portmanteau here on an indefinite visit. I say she shall go. Do you hear, Aline? Miss Wengel will go. Raps with his fist on table. If you say so, Haustus, no doubt she will have to go. But you must tell her so yourself. Puts the watering pot on the console table and goes out, as Hilda enters, sparkling with pleasure. Goes straight up to him. Good morning, Dr. Herdal. I have just seen a pig killed. It was ripping. I mean, gloriously thrilling. And your wife has taken a tremendous fancy to me. Fancy that! It is eccentric, certainly. But my poor dear wife was always a little... Nods her head slowly several times. So you have noticed that, too. I have had a long talk with her. She can't get over your discharging Mr. Calomel. He is the only man who ever really understood her. If I could only pay her off a little bit of the huge, immeasurable debt I owe her. Looks hard at him. Can't I help you? I helped Ragnar Bruvik. Didn't you know I stayed with him and poor little Kaya after that accident to my master builder? I did. I made Ragnar build me the loveliest castle in the air, lovelier even than poor Mr. Solness's would have been, and we stood together on the very top. The steps were rather too much for Kaya. Besides, there was no room for her on the top, and he put towering spires on all his semi-detached villas. Only somehow they didn't let. Then the castle in the air tumbled down, and Ragnar went into liquidation, and I continued my walking tour. Interested against his will. And where did you go after that, may I ask, Miss Wengel? Oh, ever so far north. There I met Mr. and Mrs. Tessman, the second Mrs. Tessman, she who was Mrs. Elvsted, with the irritating hair, you know. 
they were on their honeymoon and had just decided that it was impossible to reconstruct poor mr loveborg's great book out of mrs elvsted's rough notes but i insisted on george's attempting the impossible with me and what do you think mrs tesman wears in her hair now why really i could not say vine leaves perhaps wrong straws poor tesman didn't fancy that so he shot himself unbeautifully through his ticket pocket and i went on and took rosmers home for the summer there had been misfortune in the house so it was to let dear good old rector kroll acted as my reference his wife and children had no sympathy with his views so i used to see him every day and i persuaded him to to attempt the impossible he had never ridden anything but a rocking-horse in his life but i made him promise to mount the white horse of rosmers home he didn't get over that they found his body a fortnight afterwards in the mill dam thrilling shakes his finger at her what a girl you are miss wangle but you mustn't play these games here you know <laughs> of course not but i suppose i am a strange sort of bird you are like a strong tonic when i look at you i seem to be regarding an effervescing saline draught still i really must decline to take you that is not how you spoke ten years ago up at the mountain station when you were such a flirt was i a flirt just take me if i remember but i am not like that now then you have really forgotten how you sat next to me at the table d'hote and made pills and swallowed them and were so splendid and buoyant and free that all the old women who knitted left next day what a memory you have for trifles miss wangle it's quite wonderful trifles there was no trifling on your part when you promised to come back in ten years like a troll and fetch me did i say all that it must have been after table d'hote it was i was a mere chit then only twenty-three but i remember and now i have come for you dear dear but there is nothing of the troll about me now i have married mrs solness yes i remember you were always dropping in to tea in those days every visit i was duly put down in the ledger and charged for as poor little senna will tell you little senna oh dr herdal i believe there is a bit of the troll left in you still no no my conscience is perfectly robust always was are you quite sure that when you went indoors with dear mrs solness that afternoon and left me alone with my master builder you did not foresee perhaps wish intend even a little that hmm? that you would talk the poor man into clambering up that tower you want to drag me into that business now yes i certainly think that then you went on exactly like a troll hilda there is not a corner of me safe from you yes i see now that must have been the way of it then i was a troll in that too but isn't it terrible the price i have had to pay for it to have a wife who no i shall never roll a pill again never never lays her head on the stove and answers as if half asleep no more pills poor dr herdal no nothing but cosy commonplace grey powders for a whole troop of children not grey powders i will tell you what you shall make next beautiful rainbow-coloured powders that will give one a real grip on the world 
powders to make every one free and buoyant and ready to grasp at one's own happiness to dare what one would i will have you make them i will i will <laughs> i am not quite sure that i clearly understand and then the ingredients what stupid people all of you pill doctors are to be sure why they will be poisons of course poisons why in the world should they be that without answering him all the thrillingest deadliest poisons it is only such things that are wholesome nowadays as if cut by her enthusiasm and i could color them too by exposing them to rays cast through a prism oh hilda how i have needed you all these years for you see with her it was impossible to discuss such things embraces her mrs herdal enters noiselessly through hall door i suppose haustus you are persuading miss vangel to start by the afternoon steamer i have bought her a pair of curling tongs and a packet of hairpins the larger parcels are coming on presently hmm. hilda uh, miss vangel i should say is kindly going to stay on a little longer to assist me in some scientific experiments you you wouldn't understand them if i told you shouldn't i haustus i dare say not the new bookkeeper looks through the glass door of the dispensary hilda starts violently and points then in a whisper who is that only the new bookkeeper and assistant a very intelligent person looks straight in front of her with a faraway expression and whispers to herself i thought at first it was but no that would be too frightfully thrilling to himself i'm turning into a regular old troll now but i can't help myself after all i am only an elderly norwegian we are made like that rainbow powders real rainbow powders with hilda oh to have the joy of life once more takes his temperature again as curtain falls act third on the right a smart veranda attached to dr herdal's dwelling-house and communicating with the drawing-room and dispensary by glass doors on the left a tumble-down rockery with a headless plaster mercury in front a lawn with a large silvered glass globe on a stand chairs and tables all the furniture is of galvanized iron. A sunset is seen going on among the trees. Dr. Herdal comes out of dispensary door cautiously and whispers, Hilda, are you in there? Taps with fingers on drawing-room door. Hilda comes out with a half-teasing smile. Well, and how is the rainbow powder getting on, Dr. Herdal? With enthusiasm. It is getting on simply splendidly. I sent the new assistant out to take a little walk, so that he should not be in the way. There is arsenic in the powder, Hilda, and digitalis, too, and strychnine, and the best beetle-killer. With happy, wondering eyes. Lots of beetle-killer. And if you will give some of it to her, to make her free and buoyant, I think one really has the right when people stand in the way. Yes, you may well say so, Hilda. Still... It does occur to me that such doings may perhaps be misunderstood by the narrow-minded unconventional. They go on the lawn and sit down. Oh, that all seems to me so foolish and irrelevant, as if the whole thing wasn't intended as an allegory. Ah, so long as it is merely allegorical, of course. 
but what is it an allegory of hilda how can you sit there and ask such questions i suppose i am a symbol of some sort as a thought flashes upon him a symbol that would certainly account for your bray then am i a symbol too hilda why yes what else you represent the artist worker or the elder generation or the pursuit of the ideal or a bilious conscience or something or other you're all right shakes his head am i but i don't quite see well well symbols are meant to clash a little and i see plainly now that i ought to prescribe this powder for as many as possible isn't it terrible hilda that so many poor souls never really die their own deaths pass out of the world without even the formality of an inquest as the district coroner i feel strongly on the subject and when the coroner has finished sitting on all the bodies perhaps but i shan't tell you now speaks as if to a child there run away and finish making the rainbow powder do skips up to the dispensary i will i will oh i do feel such a troll such a light-haired light-headed old devil rhubarb enters garden gate i have had my dismissal but i am not going without saying good-bye to mrs hardall dr hardall would disapprove you really must not mr calomel and besides mrs hardall is not at home she is in the town buying me a reel of cotton dr hardall is in he is making real rainbow powders for regenerating everybody all round won't that be fun making powders ha ha but you will see he won't take one himself it is quite notorious to us younger men that he simply daren't do it with a little snort of contempt oh i dare say that's so likely i know he can though i've seen him there is a tradition that he wants but not now he knows better i think you said mrs hardall was in the town i will go and look for her i understand her so well goes out by gate dr hardall come out this minute i want you awfully puts his head out just when i am making such wonderful progress with the powder comes down and leans on a table have you hit upon some way of giving it to aline i thought if you were to put it in her arrowroot no thanks i won't have that now i have just recollected that it is rule of mine never to injure anybody i have once been formally introduced to strangers don't count no poor mrs hairdall mustn't take that powder then is nothing to come of making rainbow powders after all hilda looks hard at him people say you are afraid to take your own physic is that true yes i am i find it invariably disagrees with me with a half dubious smile i think i can understand that but you did once you swallowed your own pills that day at the table d'hote ten years ago and i heard a harp in the air too open mouth i don't think that could have been me i don't play any instrument and that was quite a special thing too it's not every day i can do it those were only bread pills hilda with flashing eyes but you rolled them you took them and i want to see you stand once more free and high and great swallowing your own preparations i will have you do it just once more dr herdal if i did hilda my medical knowledge slight as it is leads me to this conclusion that i should in all probability burst looks deeply into his eyes so long as you burst beautifully 
but no doubt that miss blockdroff you must believe in me utterly and entirely i will do anything anything hilda to provide you with agreeable entertainment i will swallow my own powder to himself as he goes gravely up to dispensary if only the drugs are sufficiently adulterated goes in as he does so the new assistant enters the garden in blue spectacles unseen by hilda and follows him leaving open the glass door senna comes wildly out of drawing-room where is your doctor herdal oh miss wangel he has discharged me but i can't i simply can't live away from that lovely ledger at this moment dr herdal is in the dispensary taking one of his own powders but but it is utterly impossible miss wangel you have such a firm hold of him don't let him do that i have already done all i can rubub appears talking confidentially with mrs herdal at gate oh mrs herdal rubub the pill doctor is going to take one of his own preparations save him quick i am sorry to hear it for his sake but it would be quite contrary to professional etiquette to prevent him and i never interfere with my husband's proceedings i know my duty miss blackdraft if others don't at last now i see him in there great and free again mixing the powder in a spoon with jam now he raises the spoon higher higher still a gulp is audible from within there didn't you hear a harp in the air i can't see the spoon any more but there is one he is striving with in blue spectacles within the pill doctor hurdle has taken his own powder as if petrified that voice where have i heard it before no matter he has got the powder down waves a shawl in the air and shrieks with wild jubilation it's too awfully thrilling my my pill doctor the new assistant comes out on veranda i am happy to inform you that as to avoid accidents i took the simple precaution of filling all the dispensary jars with carbonated chalk no serious results may be anticipated from dr hurdle's rashness removes spectacles nora don't you know me i really don't remember having the pleasure and i'm sure i heard a harp in the air i fancy miss vangel it must have been merely a bee in your bonnet still the same little singing bird oh nora my long-lost lark i'm not a lark i'm a bird of prey and when i get my claws into anything macaroons for instance i remember your tastes of old sea nora produces a paper bag from his coat-tail pocket they were fresh this morning if you insist on calling me nora i think you must be just a little mad yourself we are all a little mad in norway but torvald helmer is sane enough to still recognize his own little squirrel again surely nora your education is complete at last you have gained the experience you needed nods slowly yes torvald you're right enough there i have thought things out for myself and have got clear about them and i have quite made up my mind that society and the law are all wrong and that i am right then you have learned the great lesson and are fit to undertake the charge of your children's education at last you've no notion how they've grown yes nora 
Our marriage will be a true marriage now. You will come back to the doll's house, won't you? Will you let me forge checks if I do, Torvald? All day. And that night, Nora, we will falsify the accounts together. Throws herself into his arms and helps herself to macaroons. That will be fearfully thrilling. My, my manager. Dr. Herdahl comes out very pale from dispensary. Hilda, I did take the... I'm afraid I interrupt you. Not in the least, but this lady is my little lark, and she's going back to her cage by the next steamer. Am I never to have a gleam of happiness? But stay, do I see my little Senna once more? Pardon me, my little Senna. She always believed so firmly in my pill. Well, well, if it must be. Rubab, I will take you into partnership, and we will take out a patent for that pill, jointly. Aline, my poor dear Aline, let us try once more if we cannot bring a ray of brightness into our cheerless home. Oh, Haustus, if only we could. But why do you propose that to me now? Because I have tried being a troll, and found that nothing came of it, and it wasn't worth sixpence. Hilda Nora goes off to the right with Helmer, Senna to the left with Rhubarb. Dr. Herdahl and Mrs. Herdahl sit on two of the galvanized iron chairs, and shake their heads disconsolately as the curtain falls. End of Pill Dr. Herdahl End of Mr. Punch's Pocket Ibsen by F. Anstey